Hi, thank you for tuning in today to my ministry, song, scripture, and my thoughts. Today is September 15th, 2023. Today's song recommendation is God of Abraham by Vertical Worship. Today we are continuing reading one chapter at a time, and we are on Genesis 16. The chapter is titled Sarai and Hagar. This is a very good chapter, uh, really has a lot to do with impatience. <laughs> Sarai is Abram's wife, and if you've been listening to the chapters or reading along, Abram is promised a child, an heir, and he still, this promise God still hasn't answered the promise yet, and so Sarai is still without child, and so she has this idea that she's going to give her Egyptian slave Hagar to Abram and have a family that way. So a lot of impatience going going on here, and I can just imagine a lot of the times I refer back to the story of Sarai and how long they had to endure before they were blessed with their son Isaac. So let's get started. This is a really great chapter. Go ahead and just read here and I'll offer my thoughts at the end of the chapter. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maid whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, Now behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children, Please go into my maid. Perhaps I will obtain children through her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. After Abram had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, Abram's wife Sarai took Hagar the Egyptian, her maid, and gave her to her husband Abram as his wife. He went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her sight. And Sarai said to Abram, May the wrong done me be upon you. I gave my maid into your arms, but when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her sight. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, Behold, your maid is in your power. Do to her what is good in your sight. So Sarai treated her harshly, and she fled from her presence. Now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to Shur. He said, Hagar, Sarai is made, where have you come from, and where are you going? And she said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress Sarai. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit yourself to her authority. Moreover, the angel of the Lord said to her, I will greatly multiply your descendants so that they will be too many to count. The angel of the Lord said to her further, Behold, you are with child, and you will bear a son, and you shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has given heed to your affliction. 
He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand will be against him. And he will live to the east of all his brothers. Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God who sees. For she said, Have I even remained alive here after seeing him? Therefore, the well was called Bir Lehiroi. Behold, it is between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram called the name of his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to him. Pause. Quite the chapter. I'm actually finishing this message on September 19th. I did not have a chance to complete the message when I began it on the 15th. So here I'm just going to recap the, the chapter and give you my thoughts on it. But I also do plan on sharing a part of my life with you. And every now and again, I will share how my health is doing and, and things like that. And I've shared that before I was born again, I didn't like who that person was. And then when I became born again, uh, a second chance at life and I'm a new creation in Christ now, but I do have a, a part of my story that I do want to share. And although the stories of Sarai and Hagar is not the very same, in fact, most of it is not, well, all of it is not, it doesn't relate to my personal experience, but I have nicknamed somebody Hagar because the similarity I, I, I received from Hagar of the Bible and the Hagar in my life is that I felt that my Hagar was a poison to my family unit. An unnatural circumstance. It just didn't feel right in my family unit and it, and it created a lot of hardships. So I'll share that after I give my thoughts on the chapter. So tune in to, to hear that. It's part of my, my testimony, I guess. So Sarai and Hagar, I mentioned in the beginning that Sarai she gets so impatient because remember we've read that God has promised Abram an heir, but through Sarai and Sarai isn't pregnant yet. So Sarai takes matters into her own hands and she goes ahead of God. She tries to fix the problem herself and she is very She's very impatient with God. And uh, um, Abram 
is probably also feeling impatient because he's been promised the heir and still his wife. And I'm sure they've had a conversation. Jeez, I'm still not pregnant. Jeez, I am still not pregnant. God promised. And so anyways, she's had it. She takes matters into her own hands. She starts to think about her maid, Hagar. That she, that Sarai could have children by way of Hagar and Abram. Because back in that time, if a woman had sexual relations with a man, it was a marriage. But at the same time, a a maid slash servant slash slave was under the complete power and control of their master or mistress. In this case, Hagar was the the maid servant slave of Hagar, so she owned Hagar. And any child that Hagar would have, Sarah would be Sarai would be able to take possession of this child because of ownership. She owned Hagar, she would then own the child, and this way she could start her family through her maid Hagar. So it it's a mistake that happened that to this very day the descendants of Hagar and the descendants of Sarai are at each other's throats. They hate each other. There's a continued animosity and hatred between her descendants, Hagar's descendants, and Sarah's descendants to this very day. So this going ahead of the Lord and doing this created a lot of animosity down the road. So she brings it up to Abram in the beginning of the chapter, and she says, Behold, the Lord has prevented me from children. And again, I'm thinking that they had many, many discussions about this. And finally, she said, perhaps I can obtain children through Hagar. And Abram listened to the voice of his wife instead of continuing to listen to the voice of God. And the, and God had promised him an heir. And he put that aside. His dedication and devotion to our God, and he listened to the voice of Sarai. But then in verse 3, now I don't know timelines. I know Abraham was 86 years old here because the Bible says that he is 86 years old. So, but because of verse 3, and God opened up my eyes to see this, that this is plugged in. It says, after Abram had lived 10 years, this is after, this is after it said that Sarai brings it to Abram's attention. Perhaps I, I, I want to give you Hagar so I can have children through her. But then in verse three, it says, after Abram had lived 10 years. So I am hopeful that Abram and Sarai gave it another 10 years before they acted on what they were going to do. This could be totally wrong. <laughs> she could have did it that very day, but I don't know because of verse three, I wonder if 10 more years went by. If Abram gave his God 10 more years to come through on the promise that he would give him an heir through Sarai. 
So anyway, then after the ten years in Canaan, Abram's wife Sarai took, she takes Hagar the Egyptian, her maid, and gives her to her husband. And then Abram has sex with Hagar, and she conceived. It appears to be that she conceived on first first time. She got pregnant. And she despises Sarai. Probably on a few for a few different reasons. She's been in the control of Hagar and being a mistress to her, a maid to her. And I picture this as, you know, Hagar brushing her hair and putting her hair up, helping her get dressed, bringing her teas or whatever her, her roles were in her life. All of a sudden, no, Hagar, your new role is going to, you're going to sleep with my husband, whether you like it or not even though he's 86 years old and we don't know Hagar's backstory. We don't know how young she was. We don't know if she had her eyes on someone else. We don't know anything about Hagar at this point. But oftentimes they were the maids were young. So she's got to go have sex without having any say with an 86 year old man. She gets pregnant and she knows the whole goal is you're going to have a baby, but that baby's not going to be yours. That baby's going to be mine, Sarai is telling her. So, Harai despises Sarai. Or, excuse me. I'm really tired fumbling my words. Hagar despises Sarai. So, instead of Abram telling, because Sarai says, May the wrong done me be upon you. I gave my maid into your arms, but when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her sight. May the Lord judge between you and me. Really, Sarai is being unfair here because it was her idea. And she'd probably been pushing this idea onto Abram for quite a long time. He finally gave in. Now, he shouldn't have. He should have given her a strict no and kept his no until God came through on his promised heir through Sarai. But he didn't. He listened to the voice of his wife. Now, when Sarai tell, says this to Abram, may the, may the Lord judge between you and I, I'm sure, sure God would judge Abram more harshly because the promise had been given to Abram. He hadn't talked with Sarai about it. He had talked to Abram about it, and he should have not followed through or listened to Sarai. So anyway, he would have got the worst judgment from God. But Abram doesn't say, oh, got a nice little fly in the room if you're hearing some buzzing. So, <laughs> so got rid of it. So anyway, he, Abram tells Sarai, even though now Hagar is Abram's wife, he tells her, I give you complete power. Do to her what is good in your sight. So Sarai treats Hagar harshly and Hagar leaves. I don't know how long, doesn't say how long, that Sarai was, was able to treat Hagar harshly, but she leaves. And in verse 7, the angel of the Lord comes down from glory. This is Jesus before incarnation. Our beloved Lord Jesus comes down from glory 
to come and sit and have a conversation with Hagar. How special is Hagar? He saw her affliction. He says, I, uh, where does it say? Sorry. Because the Lord has given heed to your affliction. So he comes down and I just love this. Okay. First, Abram gives power and control back to Sarai over Hagar. And again, she's treated harshly. She, she leaves, but the Lord says, he, he says to her, Hagar, and he doesn't just say, Hagar, where have you been? No, he says, Hagar, Sarai's maid. He doesn't drop the title of Sarai's maid. He doesn't add the title Abram's wife. No, she's still Sarai's maid in the eyes of the Lord. Where have you come from and where are you going? He asks her. He already knew where she came from, where she was, her affliction, where she was going. He knew she was pregnant, all of it. And he knows our lives, where we've been, where we are, and where we are going. And although we can't audibly hear him ask this question to us, we can answer him. This is how we have an intimate relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ, by sharing sharing everything we've ever done with him, even though he knows. Remember the woman at the well in that story in, in, in the New Testament? He He tells her that she not only had one husband that was she wasn't even married to but that she had five husbands and this gal knew that he was the messiah and she she goes and tells the whole town this is the first time that jesus revealed who he was she goes and tells the whole town come and meet a man that told me everything i had ever done god knows our story and he sympathizes with our afflictions our 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 everything that we were going through and she answers him and she said i am fleeing from the presence of my mistress sarai but god doesn't say well let me give you a new beginning a new life not here anyway 12 years later and we'll get into that further on in the book of genesis 12 years later she is cast out of the household of abram and sarai Hagar, Sarai kicks her out and the son and they have to leave. And at that point, God says, pretty much be on your merry way. And then he, he, well, we'll get there when we get there. That's another cliffhanger. But he, he tells her, return, return to your mistress. And he not only says return to Hagar, to return back to Sarai, he says, Submit yourself to her authority. And he knew what that was going to be like, what, what that was going to look like. He says, submit yourself. Not only go back, but you be submissive to your mistress, Sarai. And, and Hagar listens and she goes back. But he also tells her, but I will greatly multiply your descendants so that they will too they will be too many to count. Now he gives a similar promise to uh, to Abram in the last well, chapter twelve and chapter fifteen. 
But in chapter 15, he takes them outside and he says, look at all the stars in heaven and count them if you can, if you're even able to. That's how many descendants I'm going to give you. He gives a similar promise to Hagar here, but she does, he doesn't say, come out and look at all the stars and that's how many. No, he just says he's going to multiply your descendants. I'm going to multiply your descendants so that they will be too many to count. But the angel also, God also tells her, well, he lets her know, I know you're with child. And he says, and you will bear a son. And he tells her to name him Ishmael. But he also says he will be a wild donkey of a man. This is where I feel the the curse comes in. He he blesses her with a lot of descendants, but he also then says, but this is what's going to happen with your son and your descendants. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand will be against him and he will live to the east of all of his brothers. So this is a conflict to this very day. Deep hatred between Hagar's descendants and Sarah's descendants. They don't get along to this very day. Deep hatred. It's still going on. This this mistake, this going going ahead of Jesus, ahead of God to take matters into their own hands. This is what, what ended up happening. This deep hatred between the two families. So this is a mistake that wasn't made again. Twelve years later, finally, Sarai gets pregnant with Isaac. And we'll go into again to that story later on. But in 13, verse 13, she she says, she called on the name, she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. How awesome is that? She knew it was him. She knew it was God. And she says, you are a God who sees. For she said, I have even remained alive here after seeing him. Have I even remained alive here after seeing him? She knew. She knew it was God. She knew and she took that to her grave knowing that she had had a visitation from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ before incarnation. Oh my gosh, how beautiful is that? He is a God who sees. We can all say that today, that he is a God who sees our circumstances. He sees our afflictions. He sees our pain. He sees our sorrows. He sees our suffering. He sees all of it. He sees our tears. And if we are with him, he is with us. And we can count on all of his promises. All of his promises. Anyway, that is just a really great story. Again, of impatience. A lot of impatience and going ahead of God. And it's hard to wait on the Lord. I know a lot of people. Well, including myself. I know... I was praying for a husband. I believe God gave me my husband because I was praying for him. I know a lot of people. Uh, I can't remember if I shared this at the beginning or not. I know someone who is in her early 30s. Beautiful woman. And she's been waiting for the man that God is going to send her. And she's dated here and there, but they've not none of it's worked out. And she's patiently well. Her sometimes her patients are running thin because well, she wants to start a family. She wants a, a husband and a family, and she has to continue to patiently wait for the the man that God sends her way. 
And uh, that man is going to be a very lucky individual. Uh, but there's a lot of people that have to patiently wait. Because if she goes ahead of the Lord, who knows what troubles are going to come with that. We just don't know. We have to we have to stay in the will of God. And, and it's hard to be patient. It really is. That's not one of my strong suits. But okay, so that I hope that you join me next time. I believe I'm going to continue reading in the Psalms. Can't remember where I left off because I don't have my notebook for that. But I believe it might be either 46 or 47. I believe I'm going to read that next time. Uh, but I hope that you 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 listen to that message plus when I get into this um, Genesis chapter 17. So my in my life, the little tidbit of my Hagar again, it's not anything similar. I didn't send my my husband. I, I didn't have um, a housekeeper that I sent to my husband. No, nothing like that. But the Hagar, I adopted that because. She poisoned the family unit, Hagar did. And although God blessed her with many descendants, her bloodline was also cursed. And I don't know if that has to do any, with anything in my story at all, but, uh, or why I even chose Hagar, other than that I considered this woman, this other woman, to be a poison in my family. So to show that story, I come from a very blended family. My husband and I have two biological children and they were adults when we got married, but my youngest was 16, but the rest were adults. And each of our daughters had had a baby. So we both had a grandchild uh, under two years old. And so we've been grandparents to our our young, our first grandchild for, uh, since they were under two years old, we've been grandparents and we have nine more grandchildren. We have 10 all together and we love them equally. They are our grandchildren. But here was the problem. I, when I first married my husband, I knew Jesus, but I didn't have an intimate relationship with him. So I would consider myself not to be born again then. And so there was a girlfriend prior to me, but there, they hadn't had a relationship in, in a few years, but when there was a, a grandbaby from one of his children, she plugged in there as grandma. And I think for the first few years, she thought that something was going to, well, that it wasn't going to work out between my husband and I, I don't know what her, her thinking was along that, but I had hoped that she would have done the same thing as my husband because this former girlfriend had her own child, her own biological child, and this biological child hadn't had any children yet, but during the course of my husband and I's marriage, she uh, she has, now this other woman has two biological grandchildren, but before that, there was only one that was under two years old that had been born at that time on his side. Uh, and I'm only going to say that to kind of, um, although I don't like to separate anything, I really don't. They're all equally ours, but just to 
to tell the story, this gal had latched on to this grandchild and called herself grandma. And now from my children, from my husband, there's four more grandchildren there that, that, um, have been born altogether. Again, we have 10, but now this woman that had never married into the family is now grandma to these other four altogether five of our grandchildren have to call this other lady grandma and they already have biological grandmas um so this is just an extra woman and i think that sometimes when there's a really close family friend children start calling them auntie or uh, you know an like an adopted aunt but when i have grandchildren that come to me and say now why is so and so my grandma because it doesn't make sense to them it doesn't make sense to them and i have to you know i don't know how to really explain it and you know i can start off by saying well once upon a time grandpa was dating her and now you guys are her, her grandchildren that would be as bizarre as my ex-husband being plugging himself into my husband's kids and calling them this being saying he's their grandpa. So anyway, when the, when these grandchildren do a family tree, they don't know what to do with that. They're confused. So my husband didn't latch on the title grandpa to this this gal's uh child's children when she had him during our marriage instead um because he could see down the road how this would be confusing he didn't want to add any confusion to our already large family uh and and i could see his point because if he if this continued on you know again there was never any marriage between them and my grandson was very young to where she could have said, okay, you, you've moved on, you're married. Uh, maybe I could be a close friend to, to everyone involved. And again, I, it was, it was, it was a terrible time because she didn't want to let go of, um, she wanted my stepchildren's uh alliance uh, or their um oh what's the word i'm looking for i'm really 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 tired she wanted their loyalty so it was hard for me to build relationships with my stepchildren because of that so it created a lot of, a lot of tension a lot of senseless tension um i don't know i have my great relationship with them now but for a long time it was it was like, oh my gosh, I was the outcast because I wasn't, I, I, there, it was territorial on that, on that side with that woman. And again, now that I'm born again, and it used to be really uncomfortable at our family gatherings, our, our birthday parties and whatnot. Um, she would never say hi to me and, and it would just be weird because, you know, well, I guess I w wouldn't say hi to her either because there was never any it was uh, clear that 
She didn't want anything to do with me, but she wanted everything to do with my grandchildren. And so when I became born again, it was an instant conversion. I knew when I, I, I have, I know a moment in time when I, when I became born again and I would, the next gathering, I would say, hi, how are you doing? I hope things are going really great. And the look of shock on everybody, including her, because again, she had not had wanted to have any, anything to do with me. And so she, you know, I'm fine. And, and then she went on with whatever it was she was doing. And ever since then, I will be the first one to say, well, hi, how are you doing? Because I wish nothing but blessings on her. I hope she finds someone. I hope she has her happily ever after. And when I ask her how she's doing, I mean it. I mean it with all my heart. I hope that she finds the life that she's looking for. And I often think, you know, what if she got married eventually? And that man had children. And how would he feel if, okay, now, and he would be asking now, why are you still latched on over here? But, you know, who knows? Only God knows. He knows my story. He, he has known my struggle. I have never, I've always taken my grandchildren and kind of had to tune at the very beginning. I had to tune everything else out. The, the, uh, not tune out my grand, my my stepchildren, but their relationship. I, I kind of had to put it on the back burner. And eventually I thought, they've got to love me. <laughs> I Eventually one day they'll, they'll come around and they'll, and we'll have our own relationship. And that happened. And, and again, we have a beautiful relationship now, but I had to put that on the back burner because I had grandchildren that were being born. And my focus was on them. My focus was on them. And at the time, you know, I was also working and I had a busy schedule and I didn't have time for another woman's games. <laughs> I, I didn't. Uh, I think, I think she had uh, ulterior motives and, um, I don't want to really want to get into that because I don't want to, I don't, I, the person I am today, I, I, like, again, I wish nothing but the best for her, nothing but the best. And I think I need to, uh, probably, uh, I don't think I have much more to say there just uh, my husband cut that tie uh again they hadn't been married and he he didn't want to he didn't think in the same way as his ex-girlfriend thought uh he 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 wanted to focus on on me our children our grandchildren and he didn't want to uh, be known as grandpa over here because those kids would be asking questions too uh, of why he was the grandpa and it just get, it gets so confusing and just like Sarai and, and how she sent Hagar to Abram it just created some some drama uh, sorry for the noise here 
uh, it created some drama and um, an unnatural circumstance in their family unit because Ishmael is, Abram is the dad of Ishmael. And it created nothing but conflict. It didn't turn out any in any way how Sarai had hoped it, it would. All it did was create a family mess. So, again, I... I don't know if you, if anybody out there that's listening has, is in a blended family and has uh, perhaps a biological mom or dad or stepmom or dad that there's some bad blood in there, whether, whether that can in any way ever be resolved. But imagine having that you're already in a blended family, there are other biological parents involved, and now you've got an ex-girlfriend in the mix claiming claiming to be a grandparent. So it just, it just added, imagine that, it could just add, it adds more strain on what God has put together. And again, God, I was praying for my husband, he sent me my husband. And we have four beautiful children, ten beautiful grandchildren, and two great-grandchildren. I might have did the math wrong earlier. In fact, I did when I played back. But anyway, that's my story of my Hagar. thought I would plug it in here since this chapter was titled Sarai and Hagar. And take it as you will. It's part of my life, part of my story. Praise God. I'm not the same... uh, person that wasn't saying hellos and again I've never been I I was never rude never mean that's not my character but I didn't understand it and I and I ignored it kind of at at parties and now I don't I am all for asking how hi how are you and I pray for this person to be blessed by the Lord to have her own husband one day and I wish her nothing but the best. The me of today is a brand new creation, it's a brand new outlook on life. It's part of my journey, part of who, who, who I am and how I have grown in the Lord. I have grown in the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I hope this message has blessed somebody. I don't know why uh, I even started to, I, I don't know why I even shared this with you. Maybe it's to help somebody. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All the glory to God. Much love to all. Until next time. Bye.